Okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The gospel begins with a scholar coming to Jesus and really testing him and saying, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so then Jesus actually answers back and says, well, what do you think? You're a scholar of the law. And so the man actually quotes Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 6, which is the Shema prayer, which starts with, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Like Shema, meaning Shmo, hear, hear, O Israel. Therefore you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength. This prayer is one of the two famous, most important prayers in Jewish tradition. It is prayed in the morning and in the night of every single day. To this day, the Shema prayer is prayed by Jews. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. They say it every single day, twice a day. But is it lived? Jesus says to the scholar, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. And so the kids know the slogan, don't just talk about it, be about it. Don't just say it, but actually live it. And so the man says to justify himself, who is my neighbor? Jesus tells a story of a good Samaritan. A man is beaten up by robbers, leave it left for dead on the street. A priest and a Levite, those who say this prayer, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. They say it twice a day. They walk by, they see a man dying on the road, but they just talk about it. They're not about it. They don't live it. And so they pass by on the other side. The Samaritan, who is actually an enemy of the Jews, Jews hate, he actually does something. He's not someone who recites this prayer, but he lives it. I was talking to a kid actually uh, recently, and he was telling me his struggle, and he's like, Father John, you know, I wear a cross, I have a WWJD bracelet, I, you know, I, I show like I'm a Christian, or I'm Chaldean, so like, of course I'm a Christian, but I don't actually live it. And he's like, I'm such a hypocrite. And I go to him, amen, bro. Like, good for you for actually realizing I want to live it now. Anyone who's living a, a double lifestyle, a fake life, come to church, wear a cross, but you want to live it. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Actually live Jesus. So in to inherit the kingdom of God, Jesus says, do this and you will live. You've got to act in imitation of Jesus. You know, notice how as the Samaritan is walking, he sees the man on the side of the road. The Samaritan was on a road because he had to go somewhere. But Jesus tells the story and he never mentions where the Samaritan is going because it actually doesn't matter. What mattered was this man is on the side of the road and yeah, the Samaritan's inconvenienced. Someone, like he didn't expect to have to help this man. But where the Samaritan was going didn't matter anymore. Family, we have so many plans. 
day after day, we have plan after plan, we're on this road, and yet things come up in our lives, inconveniences come up, and often those things are from God. God is saying, are you going to do something, or are you just talking about it? They say that the life of a priest is a life of interruption. I have plans every week, my week is planned out, I have a schedule, and yet if something comes up that I have to do, I can say I'm busy, like the priest, the Levite, I'm busy, I'm just going to walk on the other side, I ain't got time for that. Or I can see that the present moment is the will of God and God is calling me to do something. Don't just talk about it, be about it. Then we hear the story of Mary and Martha. Mary, Jesus is coming over, and of course, if Jesus is coming over, you want to have everything be perfect. So Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening. Martha is busy serving. Listen to this. We just heard the story of the Good Samaritan who did something. So you would think that when Martha comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, tell my sister to help me, you would think because you got to act, you got to serve, that Martha is actually doing what's more important. Because to inherit the kingdom of God, you got to do something, right? Amen? Amen. To inherit God's kingdom, you got to do something. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Looks like she's not doing anything. Martha is serving. She's a busybody, but she's, she's doing something. So Martha should be the one that Jesus is like, yeah, good job, Martha. Mary, get up. Mary, start serving. Mary, start doing something. But no. How do you inherit the kingdom of God? How do you inherit anything? First thing, you got to be a child. Because a child is the only one that inherits from their parents. To inherit something is not something you earn. It's not something you work for. It's not something you do. It simply has to be received. God is giving us an inheritance, his kingdom, and God is saying, receive it. You don't have to work for my love. You have to receive my love. And that is exactly what Mary is doing. She's receiving love and truth, sitting at the feet of Jesus. One of the, for me, the scariest verses in the entire Bible is Matthew chapter 7. It goes like this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. So that means we got to do something, right? Okay. Not everyone who does, like those who do the will of my Father. But then Jesus says in Matthew 7, many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to you solemnly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. How do you inherit the kingdom of heaven? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. Do this and you will live. And yet he teaches us, That service that is not rooted, action that is not rooted in relationship, is nothing. 
After Martha complains, Jesus says, Martha, Azisti, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part. What is this one thing? First, of course, as, I've, as we've been saying, it's intimacy. The word intimacy means to see into me, like sit with me and see, recognize my heart that is beating for you, to know me and to love me. The second, though, is I was reading a commentary, and for Jews, when people would come over, just like Chaldeans, we would make rizmaraka, and everyone would eat from this one big bowl, and we would share. But Martha was like, oh, Jesus is coming. I have to prepare rizmaraka and pacha and dolma. I need ten desserts. I can't just prepare one thing. So maybe Jesus was saying, Martha, Martha, there's only need for one thing. Why are you so worried and anxious as if you feel like you have to prepare so much for me? Don't you know that I'm simple and humble of heart? Just sit with me. Okay, of course, if I'm coming over, prepare something small. No big deal. But I want you to sit with me. Family, a perfect example is when I come over people's houses. If you've ever had me at your house, I try to tell you I'm only one person. But I show up and there are literally ten dishes. And I'm like, what's happening? Okay. Then, whoever I come over, they're spending more time in the kitchen than on the couch. Because it's all about preparing. It's all about service. You have to make sure that Father John or the priest or your, or your guest is perfectly served. Well, who are you actually serving? The guest or your own insecurity? Do you feel as if, like, I, it has to be perfect? Why? For the guest or so for you, for you to feel better about yourself that you did enough? Jesus is saying, Martha, Martha, you're anxious. You're worried about so many things. There's only need for one thing. Just be with me. If I ever come to your house, I don't want anything. I know Abuna Fawaz, Abuna Kevin, we say the exact same thing. I just want to sit with you. I want chai, herbal mostly, because caffeine gets to me lately. The other day, two days ago, I had caffeine. I had, I had chai, like with hail and all that. This is a side story. It's not even part of my homily. And I was like, it was 7 p.m. I drank chai. Family, I did not sleep until 2 a.m. It was rough. And I had to wake up at 6.30 and it was like, anyways, okay. Only one thing is necessary, family. Mary chose the better part, to sit with Jesus. Do you ever feel burnt out? Often, burnout comes when we serve out of obligation, then out of love. As Christians, we should work, we should serve from intimacy, not for intimacy. We work and serve from God's love, not for God's love. There is nothing you can do to earn God's love. It simply needs to be received. So step one, receive. Like Mary, sit at the feet of Jesus. Pray and know that you are loved. From that, the Lord will call you. You'll be on this journey. You'll see someone on the side of the road. One of your friends who is struggling, 
you have received God's love and you say, I just want to pour it out now. Do you think Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, she learned so much from him. And from that, she became a disciple. I want to conclude with this. The gospel does not say what Martha's response was. Because it's an invitation to all of us. Martha, Martha, you are worried and anxious about many things. Mary chose the better part. I'm inviting you to let go of all of your worries, all of your stress. Sit with me. In Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are labored and burdened. Repeat this after me. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am meek and humble of heart. And you will find rest. Amen.